your girl Miriam. Hutan will not be joining me on today's podcast, so we will miss him, but he sends his love and hopes everyone's taking their steps every day to bettering themselves and their mental health. Um, today's episode is super exciting because we posted on our Instagram at Ruminate Daily Pod for you guys to just write in some questions regarding mental health, psychology, relationships, or just general advice. And I'm super excited to go through those questions with y'all today and hopefully help you guys find some answers and help you navigate your way through this amazing life that we are given and blessed with. I want to take a second to say happy Pride Month, happy Pride to all of our listeners, all of our friends who are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. We see you, we love you, we support you. I hope that whether you're out or not, you find pride in who you are and you live every day trying to be the best version of you and the most authentic person. So I love you, I see you, I support you, always. So I think we should just jump right into the questions. Okay, let's see. How do you guys deal with waves of depression and anxiety? That's a great question. Um, When I feel as though I'm getting anxious or I'm going to be in a place where I'm anxious, I always try to take those extra steps to make sure I'm taking care of myself, whether it's my hygiene, making sure my apartment is nice and clean, uh, making sure I'm organized, because that helps me tackle my anxiety. I find that it can be hard. Some people have seasonal depression and seasonal anxiety, so it comes in waves. So if you're feeling as though you're going into one of your depressed episodes or one of your anxious episodes, Take a step back, really evaluate, see what what could be causing you to go towards that path. What is stressing you out? What is making you nervous? What is making you anxious? What are you worried about? If if you can tackle that and you can find the root of, you know, what's exactly making me anxious? Is it this time of year? Did something bad happen during this time of year? Is it the scent? Does it bring back this memory of something? Um, Whatever the case may be, whatever your situation is and everyone's is different, the first and most important thing is to just pause and reflect on what might be causing the issue. Because if we let this anxiety and depressive episode come, it's going to be a lot harder to take ourselves out of it. And when you do feel as though you didn't tackle it on time or if you are in it right now, take some time Think positive thoughts first. Always want to maintain that positive attitude. Second, find the root of what's upsetting you. And then go into what can I do to fix it? Should I start journaling? Should I meditate today? Um, Should I just vent to one of my friends? It's oh, you always feel, I always feel lighter after I vent or after I just let something off of my chest. Because Sometimes you just need to get it out. It's not something that needs to linger, but sometimes you need to get out. You can even talk to yourself. I find that sometimes, like, if something's bothering me or if I'm – or anything, I'll just talk to myself and tell myself, like, hey, like, you're okay. You're good. Let's go. Let's keep it pushing. Look at all this progress that you've made. Next question. 
how can I take care of my mental health? Well, there's a lot of ways you can take care of your mental health. Exercise, hanging out with friends, eating good healthy food, meditating. What makes you happy? Because it all starts with what makes me happy? What fills my soul? What fills my heart with joy? When we can understand or find that niche that we have, that niche, I don't even know how to even pronounce that. We can really find time to incorporate those things in our lives and that is just the perfect way to start with your mental health. I find that when we stick to what makes us happy and what brings us joy, we keep the positive in our lives. And the more positive we have, the more likely the negative won't affect you as much because you have so many things to be happy about. I mean, just being alive, no matter what your struggle is, there's always a way for, for you to come out. There's always a way to fix it. So your mental health first starts with recognizing that it's something that you need to take care of. We take care of our mental health like another kind of a body part, right? It's your brain. It is a body part, but it's like you can't see your mental health. You feel your mental health. So as we look within and feel our emotion, it'll just snowball into you understanding yourself more, loving yourself more. And the more you love yourself, the more you exude that, the more you show that energy and the more people feed off of that. Codependency in a relationship versus an interpersonal relationship. So codependency is when one or even both partners rely on that other person for a sense of self, a sense of worthiness, and overall just emotional well-being. They cannot be without this person. It's not just like they have to do everything for that person. It's that, no, I need you to tell me that I'm gorgeous, pretty, beautiful, I'm worthy all the time or I won't believe it. Like it's an unhealthy attachment. When you find yourself in a codependent relationship, their relationship stays stagnant, right? There's no room for growth because you're smothering each other or one person is smothering the other. And if two people are not helping each other, right, in a partnership, in a relationship, you want to help each other grow. You want to push each other to succeed. Make sure y'all are healthy. These are positive things. But in a codependent relationship, one person is taking on their own emotions, everything that they need to do to make sure they're growing, but also helping someone else. It's hard enough to do it for yourself. There is no way you are able to completely take care of someone else. No, absolutely no way for it to be healthy. It's very important that we understand the difference between codependency and a regular partnership by behavior. So someone who is very codependent, they have a difficult time understanding or identifying with their feelings, communication. Um, it's hard for them to make decisions without that person. Very low self-esteem. You don't trust that other person. Um, you don't trust yourself, so you don't, therefore you don't trust them. And they valuing the approval of another person 
over yourself. So these are just a few signs of someone who might be codependent. Codependency is something that really stems from your childhood. Um, if you look back to the type of environment that, that you grew up in, was there neglect? Um, were you punished for showing your emotions? You know, things like that. A lot of the reason why we are who we are today and why we love the way we love is just due to what we went through when we were children. So take some time and reflect on what you went through as a child. Um, you'd be surprised to find how it much it really affects the relationship that you're currently in or have been in in the past or want to be in. Um, there's a lot of ways if you do recognize that you are codependent, just be honest with yourself um, and your partner. Don't be negative in your thoughts. Um, take breaks from each other. It's so important to have your alone time. It's very, it doesn't mean that you don't want to be with your partner. Spending time away from each other is very healthy because you're able to take some time and do some growing. And honestly, you end up missing that person. I know when Scott goes on vacation or if something or he's gone for a couple days without me, I get super excited when I know he's coming home. It's my favorite part is when he comes home because I miss him. I love him. But I also love when we're not together because it gives me time to think. It gives me time to be at peace with myself. And when he comes home, we're good. And I'm pretty sure he values his alone time. I know for a fact he does. Currently, he's at the gym and I'm recording this podcast. So he's doing something he loves and I'm doing something I love. But we still love each other. It's very important to recognize, be honest with yourself, break the current cycle, break the habit that you're having. And if, you, if you're finding it difficult on your own, reach out to a counselor. There's so many options to really help yourself. So do your research, ask for help, and love yourself, dude. This next question is kind of similar, how to balance alone time in a relationship. Um, be honest. Set your boundaries. Nothing is more important than setting boundaries, especially when it's a new relationship. Things are kind of awkward. You're feeling each other out, noticing each other's habits, spending a lot of time together to really get to know this person. And I find that when I didn't set my boundaries, that person did something that made me uncomfortable. You know, it's just what you're ready for, having an open and honest relationship with this person because when you start with honesty you'll always get honesty and so it's really important to instead of letting it continue stopping it where even if you find it hard to stop it where it is that person your partner or future partner sig fig would appreciate you telling them now rather than letting it build up, build up, build up inside you until where you blow up and you're like, I just need my space. Like, get away, get away. No, like, I need my alone time. You're on my nerves. Go away. We never want to lead with the negative. So don't wait until you're literally going to blow up before you say like, bro, like, can you just, bro, like, I just need my space. Or, hey, I love you. And I would just like the day to be alone, do some self-care, 
I want to take some time for myself today and then we can hang out tomorrow. Like it shouldn't be a sit down serious conversation. If this person really likes you, they'll understand. Now back to the codependency, when you're asking for your alone time and it becomes a fight, that should be a red flag. That's where you know, hey, okay, this person can't be alone without me. Like why can't I have my alone time? If you're not, if there's trust in the relationship, there should not be a reason why you shouldn't be granted that time to yourself. Because everyone's going through it, even though I have my partner, you may have your partner. That doesn't mean that you share every single bit of detail of what's going on in your brain with them. That person would probably explode. Like, it just means that you need some time to reflect and just love yourself again. Or just find, find that peace. So it's all about finding peace and it's all about a balance. I mean, if you're asking for an unrealistic amount of time apart, well, come on. No. You can't ask for like two weeks apart. Be fair. Be like, hey, like tonight I'm going to sleep alone in my bed and then we can hang out again tomorrow. Or, hey, this weekend I think I just want to stay at home and focus on my journaling or myself or I just want to hang out and be lazy by myself there should be nothing wrong with asking for some space it's just a matter of the words you use to do it if I could give any advice the best advice that I can give on asking for alone time or wanting alone time is think about what you're gonna say before you say it and make sure it's coming from kindness and love not from a place of annoyance because when you come from a place of annoyance or of like I'm tired of you that person will develop a little bit of insecurity and if you want to be with this person we don't want them to feel insecure we just want them to feel hey I love you but I just need some time all right all right next question Do you guys hear that it's just striker he's my seven month old pitsky he's got lots of energy and I just didn't have the heart to lock him up today because he's locked up while I'm at work so what is the best way to explain your mental health to someone who thinks it's quote-unquote all in your head? Okay, one second. Excuse that little interruption. Striker likes to be the center of attention. So if someone is not taking your mental health seriously and thinks it's all in your head, this can be very common with adults probably ages 45 and up. Um, mental health... There's a huge stigma around it, right? A lot of people don't want to believe that it's something that could be wrong with us. Um, you hear a lot of get over it. Oh, just brush it off. Like it's all in your head, quote unquote. But it is in your head. It's your mental health. So for someone to just say it's all in your head, well, I mean, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. In my head, sometimes I'm not okay. I know especially in Middle Eastern cultures. I've heard from my African-American friends that in their cultures as well, um, mental health isn't taken as seriously or it's kind of like taboo, where it's you don't talk about it, you're strong, you're fine, you mask it. And I know it's completely not fair and it feels so belittling and dehumanizing when someone does make fun of or not or take light of your mental health issues or any trauma that you're feeling so where do we start honesty 
Let them know, hey, this is what I'm going through. And if they think it's all in your head, tell them your emotions on that. Uh, hey, I just feel as though when you say this, it makes me feel this way because this is something that I'm going through and I'm trying to work on and your support would mean the world to me and it would help me. It would be beneficial to me. Let's be real. They don't have to know every single detail about your mental health trauma, but I know especially when it comes from parent figures or your parents or grandparents or just someone that you look up to when you feel as though they're not taking your mental health seriously, for the most part, a lot of people are just uneducated. So maybe showing them some educational websites, mentalhealth.gov is a great website to go to. Um, You can always look up YouTube videos on psychology and mental health. Just the more you show someone that something is real, the less that they can deny the severity or the realness of it. A lot of people are, like I said, uneducated about mental health. And we have to remember why people do deny mental health as a real thing. And a lot of it is because they were taught as children, right, to get over it. And now we're in this time of enlightenment. We're in a beautiful time right now where people are actually taking it seriously. They're actually listening to you. They want to help you. There's resources, websites, YouTube videos, courses. There's so many things that we can do to educate ourselves. Stryker wanted to say hi. And the people around us that hopefully we can get to a point where No one has to feel as though they're not being taken seriously anymore. When is it appropriate to reach out to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Um, Definitely evaluate your own mental health, of course. If you feel as though you've tried different techniques, whether it be meditation, journaling, listening to this podcast, listening to other people's podcasts, you know, doing your own research and you feel like that's not helping you, I always recommend starting with a psychologist, a therapist, a counselor. Um, They're great resources to start with guidance. Um, Obviously, when it comes to psychiatry, that's going to be a little bit more. So a psychologist would be able to really, or a therapist, evaluate you and figure out, you know, where you're at. And then if it's something more where you require medication because there are mental health disorders that do require medication. Sometimes we do have that chemical imbalance that does happen. Schizophrenia, multipersonality, bipolar disorder, you know, just different things. And it's always best to start with your own research, then reach out to a professional for help and they can always guide you to finding out whether you need just regular therapy where you're doing behavioral analysis or if you do need to go to a psychiatrist and obtain those medications and do further uh, mental health testing it's really important to know yourself and accept that help and know that there's nothing wrong with accepting that help and just because you feel as though something's quote-unquote wrong with you you're still worthy of getting that help in order to make your life better. Next question. What tips on mental and spiritual health would you give a recently divorced man? First of all, I'm really sorry for the ending of a life that you built with someone. I believe that at the end of a relationship, 
the best advice that I could give from everything that I've learned is first take a moment to evaluate yourself. What are you going through? How are you feeling? What did caused this to happen? What ended this relationship? Was it a series of things? That allows you to process what actually happened. We want to be able to cope with it, deal with it, and move on. There might be waves of depression. You might get sad. Feelings of remorse or regret for allowing yourself or you and your partner to end up to get to that state where you have to separate. Sometimes the separation is actually the best thing that could happen, depending on whether the relationship was toxic or not. Spiritually, take some time to connect with God or whoever higher power that you do believe in. This is the time for you to accept the guidance in your life. I was listening to an amazing podcast, uh, Call Her Daddy, shout out Daddy Gang, and Alex had an amazing couples therapist on. Her name is Orna Gralnik. I know I might have butchered her last name, but she's an amazing couples therapist, and they were talking about when it comes to the ending of a relationship, is it a failure? And I love that. Orna said that, how can something be a failure when you've chosen that it's not meant for you? You're not a failure. You are actually putting yourself first and your happiness first. A failure is knowing that something is wrong and continuing to live that way. You have been able to put yourself first, your life first, your happiness first, and the happiness of that other person. Because if you weren't happy then I can guarantee 100% that that other person was also unhappy. Takes two to tango, baby. Takes two to tango. There's no way you're not going to feel sad. There's no way you're not going to feel guilty at times. Surround yourself with a very loving support system that will be there for you and love you and want to help you to guide you to this next chapter in your life. And please do not jump into another relationship immediately we all strive for that love we all want to be loved by somebody but whenever you're just coming out of a relationship and I've definitely been you know guilty of jumping from one relationship to another however It's always important to take that time to think about what your needs are. What was missing in that last relationship that you want in the next? Or if you're even not even thinking about someone, that's perfect. That's fine. Think about yourself first. But if you do eventually want to be able to accept a new partner in your life, you're going to have to realize and understand and accept the mistakes that you have made in the past. Forgive yourself and learn how to not make those mistakes again, whether it be having trust issues with your partner. Learn how to differentiate, hey, this is a new person. They have given me no reason to believe that I, they're mis- that I can't trust them. And I'm going to give them the chance. And it's hard to break down those walls. It's hard to let your guard down. And it's hard to just switch on and off the patterns that you have created in your relationship 
But in order to move on, in order to create a healthy relationship, we have to take accountability for the way we treat our partner. And we have to come to the realization that in order for me to find my best partner or the partner that's best for me, I need to love myself first, be the best for me first, and then I will be able to love someone with my whole heart and soul. I wish you all the love and happiness in this world. Um, and I hope that you are able to see this divorce, see this separation as a pivotal moment in your life when you realize I will no longer put someone else before me. From now on, I will evaluate myself, see what I'm, mistakes I've made in the past. And in the future, I will lead with love and lead with, hey, but I come first. Last question. What along the way inspired you to pursue psychology? Well, growing up, I always said that I wanted to be a doctor. And I jumped from, I want to be a pediatrician to, oh no, I want to do pediatric oncology. I did clinicals. I've done EMT classes. Um, I feel like I've had a lot of experience. I've shadowed. I currently work for a doctor. Shout out Dr. Manny Kashanjad, best PCP ever. Um, and I think it was in college when I realized I no longer wanted to pursue a medical doctor, so I did not want to become a doctor anymore, go back, go and get my MD. And I sat and really, it was a moment where I sat and really evaluated myself. And it was a really big shift in my life. Like I definitely would cry about it. I felt like a failure. I felt like I was letting myself down, my family down, because my entire life, all I wanted to do was become a doctor, and I let go of that dream because I just was not passionate about it anymore. Um, my major has always been psychology. When I started in college, I major in psychology, minor in bio. I've always loved psychology. I've always loved like the mind, how people work. Um, Scott hates this about me, but I'm <laughs> such a pupil watcher, um, and he's says that I don't I'm totally obvious about it too like I'll be listening and my ears hear everything I don't know what it is about me I can hear everyone's conversation I've always been able to be very intuitive when I meet people understand who they are where they come from and I have a huge interest in humans it's just something that I have I have a passion for wanting to understand the human mind wanting to help people guide their traumas, their life experiences, and mental health issues that they may have. It's just spiraled more into a, I want to be a therapist after I decided, wait, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. And so I was in a really bad place, super depressed. I felt like a failure. I felt like a loser. Um, and then I realized, like, Mary you have finally realized that your calling in life is not to be a doctor, a medical doctor or a pediatric oncologist. I was put on this planet to help people with their mental health. I hate, I really hate talking up myself. It's kind of weird, but I just love 
I have a huge passion for this. I have a huge passion for therapy. I have a huge passion for psychology. I want people to break the stigma. Um, I'm currently working on an amazing project for um, our youth. I have a huge passion for kids. Obviously, I wanted to be a pediatrician. But I know and I feel as though mental health starts when you're a child. Everything that you suffer in adulthood is because of the experiences that you have as a child. We, that's when we develop our habits. That's when we have our first experiences with I'm not worthy or I'm a loser or I'm a failure or I'm not good enough. But you'll look at someone else's childhood and they were told you are worthy, you are loved, you are so good, you are brilliant. And look at the difference between person A who was told all the negatives, they'll probably lead a life of substance abuse, um, probably manipulation, controlling abusive relationships, just a lot of negativity. Whereas person B would probably become very successful and develop a very healthy life and a very healthy relationship with their friends. I want the people who aren't lucky, aren't so lucky to experience a type B life as a child and learn that in their adulthood, you can just have all the happiness in the world. You can break through of the mental lock that mental health puts on us, anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, multi-personality, obsessive compulsive disorder. There's so many different aspects of our lives that our mental health affects you know, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who has listened, to everyone who wrote in these questions. I want to thank Hutan for being my partner in all of this because I am living my dream. Of course, it's a small platform, I'm not acting like, you know, this is <laughs> a bussin' podcast. However, Just having you guys there to support and listening and reading what you guys say, the feedback that we actually do help y'all, you're really making my dreams come true because I'm not doing this to just listen to myself talk all day. Like I want to help you guys. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, It was super difficult if I'm being honest. It's not as easy having a concise conversation with yourself than it is when I have Hutan here to kind of tell me Mary you're rambling but I digress it's okay Um, I love you guys I hope y'all are having a wonderful week Um, and stay tuned for the next episode you can always follow me at Mariam M-O-G underscore you can always follow Hutan at Hutan.Ziari and follow our Instagram rumin- at Ruminate Daily Pod. We love you guys. Hope you're having an amazing week. Keep it up. Keep pushing for the best version of yourself. Bye, guys.